On Friday, the Bloomington Fire Department conducted a prescribed burning of a home at 1213 South High Street as a training exercise. Matt Murphy, owner of Four Square Construction and local landlord, says he felt a burning in his throat as he smelled what he suspected was lead-based paint. Murphy then bought several lead paint test kits at Bloomington Paint. He says all of the tests came back positive for lead. I was just sitting in my home office trying to get some things done probably a little bit before eight and saw flames leaping into the air through my neighbor's trees and remembered that there was some talk of, I knew they were performing various uh, practice exercises for the fire department at that house at 1213 South High Street. And apparently there were the sort of usual and outdated methods of public notification nestled somewhere in the legal ad about this event. So I walked down with coffee in hand and thought, well, this will be interesting to watch, stupidly assuming that all I's had been dotted and T's crossed. And I I know there had been some abatement work done there uh, previously to remove asbestos, and they took off vinyl siding, and they removed the asphalt shingles. So I, I think I sort of assumed that in tandem with all that other prep work that they would have tested for lead, but it would appear that they did not. Pretty quickly, I smelled once the fire dropped down into the body of the house and began to ignite and heat the painted wood siding, which is original to the house, uh, which was built in the 50, early 50s or 1950. I knew this smell just from a contractor and painting work that it, it, it smelled like lead paint. And I also noticed at that point that this there was this fallout of chips and ash and debris that was just drifting westward into our neighborhood towards Bryan Park. And I ran back home and uh, went to Bloomington Paint and was able to buy a a 3M test kit from them, uh, several of them, and uh, tested the samples right then then and there and determined that they, in fact, did have lead in them. Murphy lives about 150 yards directly west of the burn site on the corner of Ruby Lane and Nancy Street. He says he noticed ash and debris from the burn in his garden. He also spoke with his neighbors who saw similar debris. Uh, we've all been in touch, and they're, uh, especially those people right in the immediate vicinity of the fire who really got hit heavily by the debris and fallout, they're uh, quite concerned and upset and hoping for some direction and communication from the city of Bloomington. We did have a visit from the fire chief. He stopped by a few households on Saturday morning, and I know they've posted, they have a website where you can sign up, uh, request remediation work at your house, and so people have been signing up for that. But beyond that, we haven't had a whole lot of contact or communication or direction from the city. The city has since responded to the possible lead contamination. A Google form was organized for residents to request remediation in the area at no cost. Quote, local health officials recommend keeping kids and pets away from the ash until testing indicates if it is hazardous, says Fire Chief Jason Moore in a press release. City officials say the fire department will contract with ServPro, a company that specializes in biohazard cleanup. The cleanup process will consist of using a HEPA-filtered vacuum, which the city says experts consider the best way to conduct this kind of cleanup. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management, who approved the permits required for the training 
will take ash samples to measure the extent of the contamination. Murphy called a representative from IDEM, a few city officials, and the mayor's office. He described what he heard back after contacting them. I did call the Indiana Department of Health and spoke with their lead specialist. I called IDEM and spoke with their sort of response person who then made an appearance later in the day on Friday, Scott Frosch. He was supposedly their emergency responder, but it, it was a, a pretty casual response. Uh, he strolled around with some plastic bags and picked up chips, and I didn't see much of him after that. So IDEM did indeed sign off in this, and they were the ones who suggested or requested the removal of the vinyl siding and some of the other materials, and I think they had to check for mercury and various you know, fluorescent lights and switches that are common in older homes, but bizarrely did not have anybody check for lead paint. The home was built in 1951, wherein lead paint was commonly used for homes of that period. It wasn't until 1978 that federal regulations banned the use of lead paint in residential homes. Lead paint can have devastating impacts on the human body, according to Gabriel Filippelli, the executive director for the Environmental Resilience Institute and researcher at IUPUI. Well, uh, it's particularly dangerous for children. So these are children like zero to about six, five or six years old. And that's because uh, they absorb a lot of the lead that they're exposed to. Uh, adults don't absorb quite as much. And so not only do they absorb a lot of the lead, but their, their neurological systems are developing. And lead is a neurotoxin. So um, it becomes particularly problematic. And so if children are lead poisoned when they're young, they have all kinds of learning uh, delays. They have behavioral issues, uh, lower IQ, documented lower IQ, um, uh, and a host of other kind of behavioral and, and learning difficulties that dog them for the rest of their life. So it's a big issue, particularly for children. Filippelli spoke on the health implications from inhaling lead from ash and debris. If you inhale, a couple of things happen. You, you, you think that it, it would, all that material would go straight into your lungs, but actually a significant amount of what we inhale gets trapped, fortunately, in our sinuses. But uh, that's where, um, with the mucus, you tend to swallow the particulates, the fine particulates uh, that you are exposed to, and and then they enter your gastrointestinal system. And that's particularly troubling uh, just because that's the... Uh, uh, that's where you can really extract, if you're a child especially, extract a ton of the lead uh, out of that material that you inhaled and absorb it into your bloodstream. If you, a proportion of it, if it's just inhaled uh, and goes into the lungs, our lungs don't dissolve that much lead, but they also are an issue as well. So it's, it's kind of a concern all around. According to the World Health Organization, once lead enters the body, it is distributed to organs such as the brain, kidneys, liver, and the bones. At high levels of exposure, lead attacks the brain and central nervous system, causing coma, convulsions, and even death. Children who survive severe lead poisoning may be left with intellectual disability and behavioral disorders. Even at lower levels of contamination, lead can affect brain development in children. 
it's worth noting that there is no safe exposure when it comes to lead. The WHO outlines that as lead exposure increases, the range and severity of symptoms and effects also increase. Filippelli says that both chronic and acute exposure to lead can have negative consequences for humans. So if there's a teeny bit of lead near zero, that's marginally safe, and it, and it can be safer if you're an adult, but even adults can experience uh, neurological and physical issues with a lot of lead exposure. Uh, we documented that on at, uh, shooting ranges, for example, uh, where you know there's a lot of lead in shooting ranges indoor and outdoor just because of the not only the bullets themselves, but the uh, the primer behind the bullets is uh, is enriched in lead, and so uh, so so in that case, I mean, the, we usually distinguish between what's called acute exposure and chronic. So if you have an event, a lead release event, you tend to have, you know, obviously acute exposure, uh, and and that can have you know a serious, dramatic, immediate effect. But even chronic exposure, so exposure to dust that's mildly lead contaminated, for example, over months at a time, that will also affect the same general result, which is that lead ends up in in your kid's blood, and then it ends up in the brain, and they have all those same neurological problems that I documented earlier. Matt Murphy sent a few of the paint chips off for testing to Filippelli. Murphy says he's hopeful for immediate results. He says that he and his neighbors are furious they may face contamination of lead near their homes. Well, I think we're all pretty uh, furious would be an accurate word. Um, and like I said uh, previously, I am hoping that by some stroke of luck, I drop these materials off at the lab and they test them and say, nothing to worry about, carry on. Um, but so far, the 3M lead test kits that we have used have indicated it's been a positive result for every single chip we've tested. Murphy says he hopes the incident leads to some sort of positive change in local policy so that this does not happen again in the future. Well, I I hope some good comes of this uh, incident. I I hope that whether it be local or state rules, regulations, and laws that govern these types of um, so-called controlled burns, uh, I hope perhaps they can be changed because it does not make any sense to burn a structure like this in a core residential neighborhood uh, and really anywhere if it's going to release toxins. Um, so there's, I know there's already some talk about discussing this with IDEM and perhaps state legislators um, you know, to keep this sort of thing from happening again. The abatement contractor who removed the asbestos told me that he's been called to um, at least a dozen house burnings uh, as house, house structures were being prepared for a practice burn in Monroe, in and around Monroe County, out near Ellettsville. So I think these things happen probably more often than we know, uh, and I think something needs to change. WFHB News reached out to the fire department, but were unable to reach them before broadcast. For WFHB, I'm Cade Young.